0: It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN.
2: Is this on the list? You know, I was hoping to find that before uh, we opened the show. I don't know if it got stuck in my head this morning. At some point, you know, we're going to... This is... It always happens. You know, we have something fun and good that we can talk about. Yes. I'm looking forward to, for the first time in 17 years, (laughs) Rolling Stone as their updated list of the greatest songs of all time. Which is—listen, it's a great debate, and I will never—the um, list can be debated. But when you—just take a look. These songs are in succession in the 300s. You have a song by Frank Ocean from 2012, next to the Cristal's du Ran Ran from 1963. Okay. Then the Sex Pistols' God Save the Queen— and then The Grateful Dead's Box of Rain. So to give you an idea of the genre and time spanning, right, that you have to consider when making this uh, list, it is a feat. I-, I will give them that. It is a feat that they're able to include all these different uh, areas, and it makes for a great debate. It, it sure does. And let me tell you, I mean, the songs that they've added since
3: then, you see throughout the list. You know what? You when where you don't see that? The top five. The top five are all songs <laughs> that were on
2: the last list. I think, you know, you need some staying power, I guess, to this get in the, uh, in the top five. But, you know, that would have been fun. Uh, and then we heard from the governor yesterday who uh, talked about, uh, once again, we're going through this just like we did back in May. Masks in daycares and in child care facilities for everyone two years old. We could just replay our May show. And up. You want to? No. I, I should have thought of it. <laughs> You should have said something earlier. We could have dug up the archives. Um, we would have had this. Uh, and here's the thing and why we're going to probably be talking about this again. As uh, we listen to the governor as she you know came out with this and what she had to say about her decision for universal masking of child care and daycare, for 2 years old and older.
0: Starting today we're going to require masks at childcare and daycare centers because if you're watching the national news the uh, the scariest announcements coming out every single morning are the number of children now contracting COVID. And we don't have a vaccine available for 5 to 11-year-olds. I am very anxious to get this approved. And as soon as it is, we'll be working with parents and pediatricians and schools to make sure that the children are vaccinated. But we're not hearing that that will occur for a number of months yet.
2: Now, listen, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt, and I'm going to assume that there was much debate and discussion over this decision, that the there was uh, conversations with daycare providers across the state and pediatricians across the state that there were conversations with the hospitals in the area that this affects. But that's not what we heard yesterday. What we heard was well, did you see this scary stuff on the national news last night? And if you did, it's very scary what they're saying on the news, so uh, you know, we're going to have to have every 2-year-old wear a mask when they're inside a daycare, even though for the last year and a half, we haven't. And for the last year and a half, it hasn't been a problem. And stop me if you've heard this before. You can go back to May and listen to uh, back when we were saying the exact same thing, where for the past year, we hadn't had a problem with this. And now, well, it's the new Delta variant. How new is the Delta variant? Because in May, when this was made and then flip-flopped, that was here. We were talking about this, and we have been talking about Delta for a number of months. And you're going to have to show me what has changed in these settings to come up with this new rule where once again, right? Once again, we're having no discussion no. over any sort of pros and cons on the decision.
3: And we're not talking to the people who deal in daycares every day, who work in daycares every day, people who have seen this, the guests we had this morning. Those are the people that should be at least included in on the discussion, not Did you see what's going on in Mississippi? that, That shouldn't be the case. The case should be, let's talk about what's going on, A, in our own state, and with the people who deal with it every day, who see this every day. Maybe have a discussion with people who have kids in daycare. You know, this could all be done, but instead, it's a... You know, a, a knee-jerk reaction, um, and as we've heard, it's it's really not an issue. We're, we're using this more as a feel-good policy than to take care of an issue. According to those who work in daycares five, six days a week. Uh,
2: so, I, uh, what has changed in the big picture? And we're going to be speaking with Dr. Russo tomorrow. Um, hopefully, Dr. Turkovich soon. And, and that, I, I, we need to mm-hmm. right. We need to, and, and to people who, and people, it's the same two people who are texting <laughs> in all the time on our text board. Uh, why are we keep talking about masks and COVID? Why, you know, there's other topics. Please move on. Well, for the parents of every single person across New York State who's under five years old, there is no other topic. There, This is the only thing that matters today. Right. That your whole uh, your kid's entire life has changed when you drop them off to daycare, and no, that's not a hyperbole. No, that's not an exaggeration, because I, I know that there is the crowd out there that will say, "Well, it's what's the big deal? It's just a mask." And it's easy for you to say that when you're 25 years old, when you're 45 years old, when you're 65 years old, when you're somewhere around there. But when you're talking about somebody who's been living with this their entire life as in the case of a two-year-old or somebody like that and two three four five who uh, you you know it's easy to forget because nobody remembers what it's like to be that age how much of what you learn is based off of what you're doing face to face right Especially in the case of two years old, you don't even know how to speak. You know, it's one thing we talk about in schools with young kids and oh, are we going to be able to understand each other without seeing our faces and uh, muffled voices? I forget you can't understand a two-year-old because they're just learning words, right? They don't know sentences. And now it's putting a mask over there for you have to again tell me. The benefit, the clear benefit to this, it's like what we said at the end of yesterday's show, Joe. If you want to argue against uh, vaccination mandate in the stadium, uh, you're not getting anywhere by saying, "Oh, yeah, yeah, enjoy your empty stadium," because the stadium's going to be packed. Right. You're not getting anywhere by saying it's not a popular opinion because 70% of people are vaccinated and it won't matter. What you would get somewhere by saying is, hey, can you show me how this is going to tangibly help? How this restriction on what we're able to do or not do is going to really help the community. And once again, you're in that part. Hey, can you show me how after a year and a half of no daycare center throughout our area, and I'm willing to expand that throughout the entire state, has expressed any sort of problem with what was currently in place and what they were doing to keep kids safe, can we express, instead of just saying, hey, I've heard these scary stories on the national news, can we express (laughs) how this is going to help a situation that by all accounts so far doesn't really need the help right now it doesn't right
3: and you're being told that again by people who put themselves in that situation every day this is another example and i think this is why people get so upset with the stadium slash arena decision from the county uh and and the state making these uh requirements mandates whatever you want to call them um they do it without consulting those who who live day by day in that situation. And all you have to do is look back to May. You and I looked back to May. The governor's office, I realize it's a different governor, you would think could look back to May and say, well, here were the arguments that in May that got us to to turn this over. Has anything changed to where these arguments wouldn't stand anymore?
2: It's a great point because I've been saying, you know, over the last year and a half, over the last year and a half, you should look back to May. We thought this would be a good idea in May, and then we walked back, right? And so what's happened since May? Now you can point and say, well, um, you know, we're having more cases of COVID in kids. And okay, we will have more children test positive for COVID. Now, most of that, from what we've seen, is not in what was yesterday, right? Most of that, at least from the numbers I've seen reported, are 5 and up, you know, 5 to 15 years old, not the under 5 category. And then we continue to get conflicting reports out of hospitalization because that is the buzzword. And there might be new data, not just here but around the world. We've been talking for a number of months out of the UK, their survey showing that, well, maybe up to 40% over the first year of COVID who were counted as a COVID hospitalization actually tested positive after going to the hospital for something else. Now, that doesn't mean that COVID wasn't an issue, but that means if you went to the hospital with a broken leg and also tested positive for COVID, even if you were asymptomatic, <laughs> you were considered a COVID hospitalization. Exactly. And without saying that that exact same thing is happening here, there was a new study done at the VA healthcare system over in Boston found that the share of admissions involving moderate to severe COVID cases fell from 64% of those COVID hospitalizations were moderate to severe COVID cases to now 52% after vaccines were available. So that is to say that incidental COVID or mild cases of COVID is about half of the COVID hospitalizations. Now that's out of a VA healthcare system, you say. That has nothing to do with kids because that wouldn't include any kids, obviously, at the VA. Also includes very few women. You can also point to new studies that are done looking around at other hospital systems Um, in hospital pediatrics last month, looking at Northern California, where two-fifths of COVID hospitalizations involve patients who were asymptomatic. One-fifth would be uh, described as a severe COVID case. And kind of the list goes on. There's Valley Children's Healthcare in California. That's another part of the area where you're looking at that. And that's not at all mentioning either why we as a country and as a state seem so uh, uh, not oblivious but incurious to how other nations are going about this joe with everything that we've mentioned over the last several weeks of what's going on in britain it's they're looking at the same scientific data we are not recommending masks uh, for children in schools Uh, instead of asking why we just kind of ignore it and then anyone who decides to do the same thing here which is about half the states, you know, everyone likes to point to, oh, well, it's Mississippi, it's Alabama, it's Florida, it's Texas, and then the rest of us are, you know, smart, <laughs> and, uh, you know, now it's Idaho or something like that, but it is about uh, half and half right. around the country that does this sort of thing, and, you know, that's where we like to point the, fin- wherever a problem arises, that's where we can point to and ignore everything that's kind of gone on under a different set of rule. Ever since, but you're, including in your own backyard.
3: But you're right. There are other countries that if they were doing the same thing as the United States, I'm sure those in power would, would point to it. Uh, but like you said, they have the same science. And, you know, you look at children that do get COVID-19. It's not as severe. That should be looked into. It, it should be, like you said, hospitalizations instead of cases. If children are not getting severely sick from COVID-19, we've already addressed them taking it home to an older population. We address that with vaccines. So now it really should be about children in the hospital, actually in the hospital fighting COVID, not, as you mentioned, a broken leg, but tested positive for COVID. That's what we should be looking at. We should stop looking at cases because most of the time, 98% of the time, it is not a severe case for a child. And I do think that needs to factor in to these decisions. Like you said, what's
2: the overall benefit um, to any kind of harm we may be doing? A simple cost-benefit analysis. Which is different in this latest rule than it even is inside of a school classroom. And it's, by the way, in school settings, I mean, we are lumping in K through 12. That cost-benefit analysis is different in kindergarten than it is in sixth grade, than it is in ninth grade, than it is in twelfth grade. But none of it seems to be done. It's just throw a blanket over anything, right? What did we say a couple of weeks ago? I would like for kids to be in school and have a normal day with no worry about any sort of restriction or mask or anything else, but... What we need is for schools to be open, and if we're going to, you know, be uh, so vigilant over COVID cases and uh, things like that, then uh, fine, wearing a mask in school is going to keep schools open if they're going to close because of COVID cases. It's also going to give some reassurance to parents who are more concerned than others of putting their children in school and that is uh, you know totally acceptable. In a daycare that is not the same situation as what's been going down on in schools i this policy on daycares where you, you are having kids as young as 2 years old wear a mask is not something that's being followed anywhere else in the world from uh, as far as I can see right you bring up schools I would like to
3: also mention when it comes to schools I would like to see in October or November a comparison of COVID spread through schools that have masks compared to maybe some of those countries that don't have masks or some of those states that don't have mask mandates in schools I think that'll be a very interesting uh, study to look at and we will have more uh, of that evidence this year than we did last school season um
2: it Part of the confusion is the talking in a circle that everyone seems to do. Let's—I uh, don't know if we've ever played anything from Dr. Fauci on this show, but let's wow. let's go to Dr. Fauci. This is him in the middle of 2019. And the best way for me to prevent getting an infectious disease and having to have you as my doctor is what? Um, wearing a mask. No, um, no, no. <laughs> I don't need to do that. Uh, if somebody's, I can see they're ready to sneeze or cough, walk away.
0: You avoid all the paranoid aspects and do okay. something positive. A, good diet. B, you don't smoke, I know. I know you don't drink, at least not very much, so that's pretty good. Get some exercise. I know that you don't get as much exercise as yes, you should. That's correct. Get good sleep. I think that the normal, low-tech, healthy things okay. are the best thing that you can do. Wow.
2: Now, listen, this is from 2019. So to say that there is a direct, you know, that everything that was said in the middle of 2019 applies to September of 2021 would be false. Yes. But some things ring true forever. You avoid all the paranoid aspects and do something positive. That's the quote from Dr. Fauci and do something positive. Personal responsibility. Unfortunately, that has not been the case. A new study from researchers in the University of Southern California and the University of Michigan found the proportion of U.S. children aged 5 to 11 who are overweight or obese is now about half of the entire country. Mm. So we've kind of ignored all that. That's only grown in the past year since uh, no uh, child fitness program or anything like that in a school has been taken care of. So we're definitely going away from that. And by the way, the message of go do something positive, go get healthy, go improve your immune system has not only been dampened down, it's in some cases been categorized as, misinformation, yeah. and banned from existence. Yeah, as you said, of course, COVID-19 in
3: 2020 changed things, uh, and we did have to to be serious about the virus. But with that said, all those things Dr. Fauci said could keep you safe from a severe case. And what have not we not heard since late March 2020? Any direction on healthy living. Hey, last year, Gyms are closed, which I think was ridiculous. Uh, But do something to stay fit, right? Run. Uh, I should have probably been been telling myself this instead of saying it a year later on the radio. Uh, But there's so many things we could have done, and you're still, today, not getting that. And as you said, sometimes it's marked as misinformation. But one of the best things you can do for yourself is live a healthier lifestyle. And it'd be nice if two years later, Dr. Dr. Fauci would repeat uh, uh, that advice.
2: It's not even to say You, you have to disown everything you've been saying over the past year. Of course. Maybe throw that in too. It's 927. You're listening to Beam as and Beamer on WBEN.
0: His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's
4: got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else.
0: It's BMAS and Beamer. News Radio
3: 930 WBEN. Welcome back. Thursday here on Beamaz and Beamer talking about the daycare mask mandate. A little miscommunication, I believe, going into effect today. But as we were told earlier, Brian, um, the paperwork has not been... Uh, given
2: to the daycares yet yeah we spoke if you missed our interview from earlier this morning the daycare out in hamburg they said uh, no official word other than what you saw on tv yesterday from the governor who is uh, apparently basing the policy on what she saw on tv over the past couple of weeks at least that's according to what they said there i mean it's not the only school issue That We've been looking at there's also the transportation issue in Buffalo and the stories coming out of the Buffalo school district are I unfathomable right Uh, to some uh, parents and students for sure when you're talking about a bus that's not coming home until 7 p.m. and sometimes a bus that is hours late in picking up and by the way school still starts on time so if the bus is hours late in picking you up you're missing right. Yeah. The uh, the 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 classic Joe Beamer missing first and second period. And some cases just not there at all. Um, The bus isn't there. And now we spoke about this with the school board president earlier this morning, Lou Petrucci. And I mean, there is to an extent, I understand him. We asked him at the end about the red tape that they have to go through with all the qualifications you need to have for uh, being a bus driver, a certain amount of training that you have to go through, uh, and this and that needs to be in place before you can get a bus with a driver out onto the road. And to that respect, I, I do understand that there are roadblocks in the way of getting this whole thing resolved quickly. But then we start talking about bringing in the National Guard And I just start thinking about where any foresight, because we have been talking about this issue for months, months that we knew that there was going to be a shortage in drivers, that we knew that there wasn't going to be enough, right, to uh, take whoever to school, to head uh, that way and uh, take care of the entire population of students. Right. So where was the foresight in And I understand and I believe in that interview, if I'm thinking back and remembering correctly, that uh, Mr. Petrucci said that there was some foresight in making that outreach and trying to recruit and the recruitment effort was amped up. But if you knew there was going to be a shortage, I in any other business, and Joe, you and I know this because it happens here. <laughs> if you're short one person, guess what? Whoever else is around... Has to do that job, if it's a vital job. Right. I mean, if you're working in the kitchen, you know, if I think back to whatever day, if there's nobody to work at the front end, whoever's in the back, guess what? You're on the register right now because somebody needs to be there. Yeah. And stuff you move crust pizza people day. around. Yeah. I. So how was there no foresight into, I understand, there's a pretty strong teachers union that might have something against this. There might be something about driving the bus (laughs) in that contract that you might not be able to say, right? Um, Hey, every bus driver (laughs) or every um, gym teacher uh, jumping jacks for the first couple of weeks are on somebody else. You're driving buses now. you got to get your CDL and drive yeah, buses. We're, yeah. You're getting the license. You're coming uh, back a week early to learn this, and uh, you're going to be out on the roads until we can fill this shortage. Or maybe it's not a teacher. Maybe it's uh, whoever's mopping the floors, whoever's spraying the sanitizer, I this or that. I There's a million employees, and by the way, millions and millions and millions of dollars to address pandemic-related issues. Now, again, I understand that Nothing is going to address the uh, impact of just people not willing to do the job. I mean, it's people. Yeah, at some point, that is an issue. But if you have people already working there, right, I mean, shouldn't you say, listen, you work for us, you were doing this job, now you're doing this job, and that's the way it goes in so many other areas, and there seem to be very little foresight in doing that.
3: I just want to know why we knew all summer this could potentially be a problem, and now it seems like they didn't want to address it until it was a problem. You know, we Mm -hmm. we noticed this. I talked about this a few weeks ago with uh, someone who called in, said that she was going through the training. Brian, she cannot drive a bus full of students until five weeks after training and then an additional two weeks of someone sitting on the bus with her which is going to be a problem yeah. when you're short the drivers that are already there. So if if it's that long to get your CDL license or whatever it's called, the CDL plus passenger license and then do your training, this the the the, the alarm should have been going off in June. We shouldn't be waiting till September to now. Well, we see it's a problem, we'll start addressing it. Let's yeah. call the National Guard. Why not in June? have a meeting and address this. Um, it, it just seems like, and this is not just in Buffalo. This is all around the nation. It seems like now in September, hey, this is becoming a bit of an issue. Chesterfield County Schools in uh, Virginia had to cancel, they had to go virtual for a week, not because of COVID, because of a shortage of school bus
2: drivers. And this is happening, by the way, after a year of everybody saying how important it is to get kids into school. And now we literally cannot get kids from their home. Right into the school, and this is so entirely preventable. And and the thing that drives me, and I, I don't know if the rates for a school bus driver have been raised, but this is how the economy is supposed to work. In Buffalo, just in Buffalo, they have an extra billion dollars in that pandemic aid, an extra billion dollars of funding, right, to make sure that schools can bounce back to get kids back into the classroom and address the covid needs well guess what a covid need is the biggest covid need is not the sprayer to sanitize the desks right now the biggest covid need is getting somebody to drive the bus so it goes on time and gets the kids from home into school so guess what that means with that extra money Bus drivers should have been offered $100 an hour to drive a bus in the city of Buffalo because we absolutely need this job to be done. There's no one to fill it. You need to raise that price to meet the demand. I have a feeling if you were offering that, you would have had quite a few takers to come on. And guess what? That would have been worth every penny. That would have been worth every penny as opposed to... I'm going to go on a limb here and say most of what that money's being spent on right now. Oh, guaranteed. Like you said, if the kids aren't
3: in school, what good is what the money's being spent on? If the kids are not in the building, what good is what
2: the money's being spent on? You have five million iPads <laughs> sitting at a desk that nobody's going to come to. Right, right. I, I mean, at some point, you have to say in the lead up to this, and now it's been a problem for a number of weeks going on, you know, soon to be going on a month. <laughs> come on, come on. It's some Hey, we don't have uh, bus drivers. A couple weeks later, hey, you know, it's still not looking good for bus drivers. A couple weeks later, hey, I mean, this is like the deadline of we're opening schools and we need to train more bus drivers. We're definitely not going to have enough bus drivers. You know, you would think
3: the, the, the city would also reach out to the NFTA. There are a good group of bus drivers who are already trained, already licensed, and maybe work out some kind of deal with them to get kids into school. Because as we've mentioned, after a year off, and for the city schools, it was more than a year off, a year out of the building, getting them in school is the number one thing. You would have thought, okay, we see this shortage. Uh, Raising the payment, if they did, raising the wage is not working. Let's reach out to where we have a ton of licensed bus drivers in the city at the NFTA and see if we can work a deal out to get these kids into school.
2: And you know why I brought up the point entirely is because Dr. Fauci uh, actually had me thinking about this. And the best way for me to prevent getting an infectious disease and having to have you as my doctor is what? Um, wearing a mask? No, um, no, no. you don't need to do that. <laughs> uh, Somebody I can see they're ready, ready to sneeze or cough, you, walk away.
0: You avoid all the paranoid aspects and okay. do something positive.
2: There you go. You avoid all the paranoid aspects and do something positive. It's Dr. Fauci in 2019 when talking about infectious disease and a mask and everything. In this scenario, you avoid all the paranoid aspects and do something positive. Where has all of our attention been? It's been on uh, putting a mask on. It's been on how much distancing should there be. It's been how many teachers... Have the vaccine versus don't. What do we do with certain teachers who don't want to be in a school? Um, Do the windows open? And the do something positive would have been, okay, step one of getting kids in school is actually physically getting the kids into school. I know we like to talk in abstract. We like to talk about the paranoid aspects of wiping things down. But step one in this grand plan to get kids in school would be to get kids in school. So why don't we do that? Yeah, why don't we already? (laughs) and, And this texter said the
3: NFTA already does some of the busing for the city schools. I thought so. So if that's the deal, why can't they work something out where all the kids are getting to school through the NFTA? Right? I don't think that's that far-fetched of an idea um, if it means getting everyone back in the school because
2: right now I do think
3: that is the pressing issue, the the most important issue.
2: And the other thing about this, too, was at the board meeting last night. By the way, if you want more information on that, WBEN.com is kind of a breakdown on what was talked about. And you heard it's being done in Massachusetts or at least being considered there. And, and then you heard from the superintendent here yesterday who said, you know, should we consider – uh, you know, the National Guard to – you call in the National Guard now. <laughs> the, should we consider – school is going on today yeah, and yesterday right, and tomorrow. The time for considering is over. The, there's no time to consider. Right. Every day and hour spent considering is another hour and day and week and soon to be months where you're not doing what you're supposed yeah. to be doing. You're failing the children. So – you know, if we can light a little fire, right,
3: that would be nice. yeah, can we can we just sit here a little longer and maybe discuss this? No, <laughs> let's go and do. Call the National guard. You've seen it happen throughout the country. Get the kids to school. Then, you know, that's your temporary plan while you work something else out. But as Brian said, every hour, every day, you're you're just it's another another way that the schools,
2: are failing the children uh, by not getting them back in to a full day of class five days a week. You have so many people chiming in on the idea of neighborhood schooling, which has been talked about as a return to for the last decade. uh, They've been talking about the return to neighborhood schooling. And you know what? Maybe that doesn't even have to be a permanent policy. Maybe that's one of your great reimagining of how school is going to look. It's not the same as it was in 2019. I'm hopeful that it will be the same at some point this school year. But it's not right now. Maybe that is part of the reimagining of school and getting kids back into the classroom is saying, hey, well, for this year, your school might change. Your school is going to be the closest school to you. And because we have a shortage in drivers and we are concerned about getting kids to the classroom, uh, this is a way to help alleviate that just a little bit. So, I mean, there are solutions that are out there. And like I said, I uh, starting three months ago. If you knew how much, and everyone knew it was going to be an issue, but I don't think everyone in the community knew that it was going to be a humongous problem the way it's turned out to be. But someone did. But people within the district, if you have all that information, you know the exact amount of bus drivers there are, you know the exact amount of kids who are going to need the bus to go to the classroom, and you knew at some point over the last month that should have been the discussion. And I... I, You pay people $100 an hour to drive a bus, you will get bus drivers, and you will get a return on investment because the return on investment will be getting kids into the classroom. Someone texted in on the
3: Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board, do all the National Guard people have CDL license to drive buses? Well, I was told by Buffalo resident Kiner Cash that the National Guard have all kinds of license. (laughs) So that's I think they will be able to drive the bus. But that's just what I heard at the meeting last night. All
2: kind, they open up their wallet. It just falls <laughs> All kinds <down>. of licenses. <laughs> so all kinds of licenses. Just uh, 70 different letters on your uh, state ID. All kinds of licenses. Um, but, you know, it was just, that's just two of the issues as we've gone through today that have popped up when it comes to kids in not just the classroom but in the daycare setting. And, you know, for the daycare setting, it's once again having this discussion. Uh, where we were right here, what was that, Uh, seven months ago, um, back in May, and now we're back here again. It's four months
3: ago. It's four months ago? Four months ago.
2: I know it was a a different governor. Forgot what what month this is.
3: (laughs) Four months ago, and we had uh, on this show, you guys on the morning show, had uh, people that run daycares all say this. By the end, just like you said, Brian, we always preview the day, and then it actually happens. At the end of the day... The it was gone. And like I said, you you would think uh, the the governor could have either addressed what was different this time or maybe just go back. I'm sure the papers from the previous administration are still laying around and see why uh, that so quickly got dropped after it was proposed in May.
2: Well, as uh, Dr. Fauci said, the best thing you can do to stay healthy is to stay healthy. Avoid all the paranoid aspects. It did strike me that I saw this on the same day we're talking about putting a mask on two-year-olds in daycare after no reported issues of daycares and COVID spread. That I'm reading the Earth's magnetic pole has been shifting south at speeds of up to 30 miles per year recently, prompting some scientists to suggest we're on the brink of a geomagnetic reversal where Earth's magnetic north and south poles Swap places. Such a reversal has not happened in 780,000 years. Wow. When will it happen? Who knows? Oh! Some reversals take years. Some reversals take hundreds of years. One reversal took one year. Wow. Well, that
3: seems like a pretty big issue. Did you imagine that happened while those people were up in space when they come back
2: down? They end up in the wrong ocean. Yeah, exactly. Or <laughs> they're, they're just facing the wrong way. <laughs> How does that work? That might wreak havoc on technology. And uh, we're not having that conversation. 30 that miles like a, a conversation. year. Isn't that fast? I don't I'm know. I'm not I Couldn't astronaut. tell you. <laughs> I have to call Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I'm, I'm, like, I'm reading things like this. And I say, you know, so glad that we're focused on, I don't know, something else. That isn't going to have you know as much of an impact. I, thirty miles a year does seem pretty significant.
3: Yeah, I, I, I'm get yeah, I guess so. I mean, if it's used to if it's if it normally does none, I'm guessing thirty miles a year. You know, that's that's uh, that's a faster than zero. I don't know, Brian. You know, science and math were not my things in school. And astrology, the planet that all that stuff. That's all science. I think this
2: would probably affect fish and birds, right? Handling yes. the change in their mi- migration and their migratory patterns yeah. when they're going north to south and would they be able to, right? You know, figure it out. <laughs> uh it would take a year or two. It may be. Also, with the uh, protect the magnetic field protects you against solar flare-ups. Do you know that? I had no idea. Someone with fair skin like uh, you Uh-oh. and me, Joe, it's some, it can also affect. We're going to need SPF 350 uh, <laughs> to be able to deal with this well, if have, it does indeed happen. I have SPF
3: 85 plus now. So, you know, I just need to add a few to it, mix, mix a few 85s together. Where do you get 85 plus? Beginning of the year or on Amazon?
2: <laughs> and they all sell out.
3: Yeah, usually it's like a I would Black get
2: Friday special.
3: Usually I would get it like if we would go down to a, to a beach in the south, you know, you pick up a few there because obviously they have the higher PFs. Difficult to find here, but thankfully to Amazon, uh, you can find it uh, now. I to the texture, I knew it wasn't going to happen while they were in space. I was just trying to tie in a current event. <laughs> it's Thursday. Leave me alone.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I I could see that happen. What happens if the Pole. If the magnetic poles reverse, do we, all of a sudden, somebody else is chiming in. I don't think the birds use a compass. I know they don't use a compass, but they have, I think it's iron in the inner ear of birds that migrate from north to south that gives them their sense of direction and tells them where to go, whereas if the poles shifted... Then be, all of a sudden, they would be going in maybe the wrong direction. They'd
3: have to go against what they're being told.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think the bird is smart enough to figure that out. The bird no. didn't read the article. For it, sure. You
3: don't think the bird's smart enough? You mean the, the same bird that flew in front of my car a few months ago?
2: Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, I don't think they're quite <laughs> figuring that out. Um, but no, this happened. the scientists say we're overdue, that it's happened periodically throughout the entire history of the Earth. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I'm concerned about that. Yeah. No one else is. Everyone's talking about uh, masks on two-year-olds in daycare. I'm, here I'm big picture, buddy. Right. Polar uh, you know, magnetism.
3: When, when, the, when the ducks are still in the pond in November and December. Does Santa have to move? Yeah, Santa would have to move to the South the Pole. penguins go north. And then North Pole,
2: Alaska wouldn't be that great of a place. No, it wouldn't be. Right. They'd have to change Santa it. Santa wouldn't be there anymore. South, North Pole, Alaska. <laughs> Our directions, we'd have to change everything. Our compasses, I'd have to get a new iPhone. You know. For sure. At least. The, the fourteen, the iPhone 14 Pro Plus will have the new North-South on it. That's the feature. <laughs> They'll adjust it.
3: It'll actually be the first time that a iPhone is something you have to buy the new one. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you can't get this feature on your old Very iPhone. Very
2: important update. <laughs> Our poles have shifted, so your iPhone has no idea where you are right now. Uh, you're going to have to get a new one.
3: Now, I, I do want to talk about those people, shortage, those people in out. space real, real quick. Are they doing a splash landing, or is it one of the ones I that lands? I splash in? landing. So
2: it's not one of the ones that lands on its own? I think the rocket boosters are supposed to land on their own, uh, but, but they're not. Not the capsule. Yeah, not the capsule. Mm, okay. They're splashing down. I see. Which... You wouldn't want to splash down. I mean, I guess I'd want to splash down as opposed to the rocket booster coming down because I've seen too many videos of the rocket booster landing and then exploding two seconds later. But don't we also have spaceships that land?
3: Like, haven't we had a few The shuttle.
2: Yeah, they land. The space shuttle, but that's not in use anymore. The shuttle's done. This is not NASA. This is SpaceX. But they're not going to try to bring shuttles back? They're not. The shuttle had a rough go, Joe. I don't know if you've uh, heard of some of the issues in the past. So we're back
3: to drop it in the ocean.
2: Yeah, drop it in the ocean. Um, the shuttle you would have to land. That's what I mean, yeah. like with a pilot. Remember, these are all. Oh yeah, this is probably better just than people. Yeah. Board. Okay. Good point. Do you want to la- have you ever gone into a flight simulator? I've actually done a space space shuttle landing simulator wow. before. Crash every time. Oh, that's not sick. even coming close. That's not good. To sticking the landing. So I wouldn't trust, you know, just because the guy has a bunch of money, him to be able to stick that landing, right? That's good. Uh, yeah, you know what? Drop it in the ocean, that's good. Plop it right there in the Atlantic, um, <laughs> and hopefully someone will be there. <laughs> oh. Do you have to wait a few days? I'm sure they probably pinpoint exactly where you're going to land. That They have to. Yeah, they know before. But what if you miss it? Uh, I mean, it's, it's all on them, right? It's a it's long it, way. The
3: people in the capsule aren't doing anything. It's all yeah. on the pre-programmed or someone
2: on the ground. You have to figure it out. What if you, all right, you're on your first uh flight up into space with no astronauts on board, it's just regular people. You splash land, survive. It's like, all right, you were the first of this. Guess what? They pick you up in the Titanic 2. <laughs> Remember they've been building that thing, an exact replica. Like, yeah. listen, you guys are good luck. You landed. <laughs> we sent you to space. We didn't know if you were going to make it or not. You landed here, you're good luck. We're putting you on Titanic 2. I mean, let's keep it rolling. Just keep on taking no? a risk. Yeah. Um, I Would you feel more nervous in SpaceX or Titanic 2? SpaceX. SpaceX. Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> no, No question. We'll be back tomorrow on as and Beamer.
0: His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. hi And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician.